0: Think about this, the shape of the state of Illinois. Those squiggly borders are thanks to fresh water, the Mississippi and Ohio rivers to the west and south, and Lake Michigan here in the Chicago area. Yet despite that, Illinois, like many states, is going through a water crisis. Things are particularly grim in southwest suburban Joliet, the third largest city in the state. but it's expected to run out of viable drinking water in less than a decade. So, why are so many places facing groundwater shortages, and what can we do about it? Well, joining us now to discuss is Rachel Haverlock. She's the founder and director of UIC's Freshwater Lab. Welcome back to Reset, Professor. Great to be here. Also with us, State Representative Ann Williams of Illinois' 11th District on Chicago's North Side. Welcome. Thank you. And Jen Walling, Executive Director of the Illinois Environmental Council. Good to have you here, Jen. Thank you. So, I'll start with you, Rachel. Uh, The city of Joliet uh, has been sourcing drinking water from an underground sandstone aquifer for more than a century now. But the groundwater is disappearing. So can you explain that? What's happening there?
1: Yeah. So there is a massive aquifer beneath Illinois and Joliet. It's called the Cambrian Ordovician for the geology fans out there. And because of development, because of industry, not in the Joliet area, but in others, because of agricultural practices, there's been massive aquifer drawdown. In the Joliet area, we're talking 800 feet. So we are down in the space of ancient water, and it is being tapped. Mm. So the aquifer is running out, and there's also really unique geology because a fault line runs through that aquifer. So some people might say, take some of our floodwaters and try to put them back in to recharge the aquifer. But in this case, it is impossible because that fault line would drain Ah. the water out. Is this
0: a unique problem?
1: No, this is a national problem. Um, We're seeing it across the country. Um, and it is, you know, equally severe in Illinois. But because of the rivers and lakes around us, as you mentioned, right. we're not as attuned to the groundwater
0: as other states are. Jen, does it come as a surprise to you that groundwater sources are running dry?
2: I. It definitely does not, and I. It comes. It just shouldn't come as a surprise either that in Illinois we treat water as if we have an unlimited quantity of water that's out there because we do have the Great Lakes, we have these aquifers, and it's just not accurate. We need to be providing the same efficiencies and protections that you might see in the states that are suffering tremendous drought and are not sure where they're going to get their water from. We need to treat water uh, very carefully and we need to protect what we have, prevent water loss, use it efficiently, find new uses um, for reused water. So there's so many policy decisions we need to make to protect our long-term future and protect our precious water.
0: Mm. As I mentioned earlier, the aquifer beneath Joliet, it's projected to become a non-viable water source in less than a decade. So are there measures that are being taken by the city to, to manage and conserve groundwater?
1: Joliet surveyed what its other options were, and they decided to strike a deal with the City of Chicago. City Council passed it in March 2021. And this is a good thing, right? It This is a humanitarian crisis. And when there is water to give, we should always be providing affordable water to everyone we can. So the City of Chicago did the right thing in making that deal. Yeah. However... Uh, When we're talking about the Joliet area, we're not just talking about people. About 13 million gallons a day is going to industry. So in the current scenario, we are continuing the practices that have drained the aquifer. Mm. And we're continuing to give a blank check to industry, to warehouses, um, that they can have this drinking water to use in their processes. So, you know, at the Freshwater Lab, at UIC, the study that we're proposing is in Joliet and all of the communities on the aquifer that need drinking water, mm-hmm. as long as Chicago stays within Illinois' limit on diversion from Great from uh, Lake Michigan, we should provide that water for drinking, for health care, for food. But for all those non-potable uses, in particular industry, we have a massive stream yeah. of water we're diverting, and we can provide that to industry, in what's actually a
0: pro-growth model. And before we hear from the representative, uh, Jen, research is showing that it would take centuries or even millennia to, to replenish some of the aquifer systems that are, you know, are, are running dry across the country, and 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 that's if they can be recovered mm-hmm. at all, right? Yeah. So. Talk more about the potential consequences here or or risks of continuing to pump from the aquifer.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we're looking at the Chilean Aquifer. There's a lot of, there's sources that are as far away as Rockford um, in terms of where the water might travel to that particular aquifer. And it's not the only place in Illinois where we're seeing issues. I mean, the Muhammad Aquifer down in um, Champaign, Illinois, folks are very careful to protect it because that's the only place that water is coming from. And the more we drain it as well, we have to be concerned, especially with groundwater about things like PFAS or other toxins that might be um, ending up in groundwater because, you know, that that is something that filters to the ground, ends up in the water. So um, we need to be concerned as a state. uh, We need to be concerned about the entire country and the way we are draining our aquifers, especially when um, we could be uh, protecting and using less water, and we could be reusing water. There are a lot of policy options that can lead us in those better directions and preserve the drinking water we need for life.
0: Hmm. Representative Williams, you've been working on a plan to help protect Illinois residents from the destabilizing efforts of water source laws. So tell us more about those efforts.
3: Well, certainly this is an area where the policy has not caught up with the problem, and we've seen that with regard to the climate crisis as well. Uh, there is good news, though. We are uh, in a state like Illinois. We are focused. We have experts like the ones on the panel today. Our legislature is focused on not just the climate crisis as it impacts uh, you know, glo- us globally, but specifically the water issue. Um, there was a report issue. The uh, update was the first one, I think, since 1984, but it was uh, a plan, the 2022 Illinois State Water Plan, and that was put together by a coalition of agencies and entities, including the Department of Natural Resources, um, Environmental Protection Agency, and many others. And the goal of this plan was really to address many aspects of the water uh, challenges that we're facing, everything from water quality to the climate impacts on water, long-term funding, um, infrastructure, and of course, a topic that I've been working on lately, which is that of water reuse.
0: Yeah, what got you interested in that, in in recycled water?
3: Well, I think everything that uh, was brought to light in the report is something that we're going to have to take a look at in the legislature. Uh, But this seemed like an issue that was gaining interest and traction from the advocacy community, and I thought it was a good step forward at least to start looking at how we can replenish this precious resource because we're not going to be able to tap into these resources forever, so we do need to look at reuse. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective then,
0: Representative, what long-term environmental and economic impacts will communities in our state, like Joliet, what will they face because of groundwater
3: depletion? Again, I think we are in the Midwest, so we forget uh, the impact of the water shortage and some of the challenges that we see so evidently in other parts of the country that mm-hmm. seem dry and arid. You know, we've got the lake right there. Right. Buy so it on the way you think here. we're,
0: we're... – Literally
3: swimming in it. <laughs> Literally. Right? But I think that's that's just a reality check, and we have to listen to the science and listen to the data, and that's not always easy. It's harder to explain, harder to get people to really understand the scope of the problem and to take the, the sometimes difficult and expansive steps necessary to yeah. address it. Jen, you're nodding. Do you agree?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that um, this is... In, in any of the water issues we face, there are politics to any of this. And we should look at it and you know water provides the life. It provides drinking water to everybody. Um, but there are uh, politics in water usage. Even within Illinois, we use a lot of water in agriculture. We use a lot of water in manufacturing. Um, even with how precious water is, we bottle water. Um, and even with how precious water is, we also um, have a lot of homes, are a lot of Communities, There's over a thousand different water utilities within Illinois run by different municipalities, um, some of which lose more than 10 percent of the water that they're taking in. So nearly half of the municipal water utilities in Illinois are not meeting that certain standard of efficiency. We just don't even know the water they're taking in is going um, mm. just when they look at the full system. So there are a number of policy changes we're going to need to make. There's a lot of partners in um, labor and manufacturing and agriculture that we're going to have to work together with to make sure that we're addressing this as uh, quickly and efficiently as possible.
0: If you're just joining this conversation, we're talking with Jen Walling, who's executive director of the Illinois Environmental Council. Illinois State Rep. Ann Williams of the 11th District and Professor Rachel Haverlock, who's director of UIC's Freshwater Lab, were discussing the nation's depleted groundwater supply and how it's impacting communities here in the Great Lakes region. Uh, Rachel, as we've talked about here, Joliet and five surrounding communities, they've struck a deal with the city of Chicago earlier this year. This was to purchase treated water from Lake Michigan starting in 2030. What are your thoughts overall of that plan?
1: I think it's a good plan. Yeah, uh, I worked for a long time in the Middle East on what we call water diplomacy. How do you how can water bring people together and make these really strong bonds among communities? So on the one hand, a chance for lakefront communities and inland communities to collaborate on climate change is very exciting. And absolutely, we are connected as one state, one geography. No one should go without drinking water, without affordable drinking water in the state of Illinois. Right, And we can do it. We can do it because of a unique situation. And that unique situation is called the Chicago diversion. It means that Chicago takes the water that we've used one time and rainwater. We store it, sometimes. We need to store more. We store it, we treat it, and we discharge it down the sanitarian ship canal where it flows all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. We are sending fresh water into a saltwater body and contributing a lot of nutrients that are harmful. So we're already sending, I mean, at this point, about 11 billion gallons of water away. And we've got a groundwater crisis in our state. So there's a very elegant solution, which is we supply that drinking water yeah. to everyone we can. We, Lake Michigan is not limitless ecological. I mean, this
0: almost sounds like a no-brainer.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, right? We give, the, we save Lake Michigan for drinking, for healthcare, for food production, and that diversion is what we use for industry for manufacturing to sustain the current processes, and it would also enable us to absorb more industries from states where there is no solution. Mm -hmm. So we call this the dual pipeline system. My team and I have worked out a full policy proposal, and we can do it for Joliet. We have time to incorporate this, And this should be the new policy for every community that comes to Chicago. We say yes to your drinking water needs, as long as we're in that limit set by the U.S. Supreme Court. And we say yes to your manufacturing needs. And that's where we recycle the high-quality effluent that we're just sending out of our city and sending out of our
0: state. I mean, how likely is it that the, the Great Lakes will one day have to supply water to more of our country?
1: Well, we do have a safeguard on that. It's called the Great Lakes Compact. And I think it's very, very important ecologically, economically, socially to keep the water, you know, of the Great Lakes in the watershed. It's vital. But, right? Chicago is this perennial exception to the Great Lakes Compact. So it gives us some wiggle room that we, in this era of groundwater depletion and collapse, this is the moment to maximize that. No longer treat a single drop of water as waste. All water is viable water. And we can go forward with this. We've got, you know, everything in place. I mean, Jen mentioned we need to build up our partnerships. Yeah. But it's a win-win-win for everybody involved.
0: Representative, how do you frame this when you talk with colleagues and constituents?
3: Well, it's interesting. It does present a bit of a challenge because the reality is if you utilize groundwater, you are... At some point, um, utilizing treated wastewater—that's just the reality of it. But people don't like to think about it like that, and there is a bit of a public perception issue when you talk about reusing effluent and reusing water that is treated, basically sewage. So uh, there's that kind of visceral reaction people have, mm-hmm. even when they are, even when you explain to them that the water is kind of all the same water at some point. And uh, an example is. Uh, some of the suburbs already get their water source from the Fox. Correct me if I'm wrong, Professor, but from the Fox River. And those, of course, are filled with water that's treated upstream. So we're already kind of doing it. It's just a matter of doing it in a broader scale and scope.
0: So President Biden's 2021 bipartisan infrastructure bill, it set aside funds to increase spending for for water storage, uh, water recycling and uh, desalination programs the goal there of reducing groundwater demand. So, I mean, do any of those
3: funds have a chance of reaching Illinois? Well, I hope so. And one of the things that I'm going to be working on, along with the advocacy community and with my counterpart in the Senate, Senator Laura Elman. Was chair of the Senate Environmental Committee, is really what we can do to review, implement, uh, and, and really explore all the recommendations in the updated state water plan. Yeah. And that includes everything from infrastructure to water reuse, and hopefully tap into some of these important resources. So Jen, how can folks
0: on an individual level contribute to the sustainable use of, of freshwater sources like Lake Michigan? Yeah,
2: uh, well, First, they need to make sure that their lawmakers know that this is a really important issue and that they support water reuse. They want to see that um, legislation move for, moves forward on this. So definitely advocacy as a first step um, is where I take everybody. Know who your lawmakers are. Contact your state lawmakers. Congre- contact your congressional officials. And I think folks um, really can take individual action in learning about their water and where their water is coming from, where they're getting it. So, are we getting it from Lake Michigan? What steps does it have to go through to come here? It's a really interesting thing to learn about. Um and there's all sorts of I you know, taking people to individual action. Of course, advocacy is my big big thing. We need to do that. Mm-hmm. But how can you look at your own home? I know a lot of folks in Chicago are still not paying for their water usage in a way that reflects it, but Can you put in the low-flow shower heads? Um, Can you um, make sure that you're reducing what you're using as well? Uh, But, of course, the bigger policy item is how we can make sure that um, we're passing policies that encourage reuse, that mandate efficiency, um, that charge users who are uh, using water for things other than um, just drinking water you know there is a affordable water ordinance at the city council right now and that's looking at how we make sure people get drinking water for free but making sure that we're charging users yeah. who are using millions of gallons a day um, the cost of of water um, so making sure we're, we're prioritizing affordable drinking water uh, for for people yeah
0: We'll leave it there for now. Jen Wallings, the Executive Director of the Illinois Environmental Council. Rachel Haverlock is Director of UIC's Freshwater Lab. And Representative Ann Williams represents the people of Illinois' 11th District. We've been talking about solutions to Illinois' depleted groundwater supply and ways to make our water usage more sustainable. Thank you all so much for being here today.
2: Thank you. Thank you.